The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. In this special off-season edition, host George Templeton reviews what's been happening since the last time the Rams hit the court. And now, here's George. All right, Rams Rewind. We are finally back after a longer hiatus than I wish because, unfortunately, we're not continuing the newcomer series yet. We're still working on that. But we finally have our conference schedule, our Atlantic 10 schedule, which means we have our own schedule now. But we've certainly discussed VCU's non-conference strength of schedule at length. We're now going to talk about the conference schedule. And normally, you'd be very happy to start with two home games uh, in your conference schedule, as VCU will. But I have to tell you, right now there are seven teams that technically do not have a true road game on their schedule in the country. Granted, two of them, Oklahoma and North Carolina, play each other in Charlotte. I would say that's as close to a true road game as you can get for Oklahoma. So really sixth. None of their conference schedules are out. But VCU starting the year with two conference games at home means they're not going to play their first road game until January 9th, 2024. By which point, we're going to be near the end of the college football season. It's entirely possible that VCU could be the last team in the country to play a true road game. A distinction that would be dubious and has not led to success for other teams that have fit that profile. I mainly think of Syracuse and Duke, who have on more than a few occasions been the sort of team that have held that distinction. And interesting too, the way this schedule is constructed Blocks of home games and road games together. And when I went and looked back at the last six years, you saw a few years that were like that, but not as not as not as pronounced as this. You know, two at home, two on the road, two at home, two on the road. That's the first half, essentially, of their conference schedule. Then you get a little bit of alternating in the middle. Then you have two home and two on the road again. You have two on the road and two at home again. But I have to say. I think other teams are going to look at BCU's schedule and think, wow, the A-10 really gave them a break. And in one sense, they have with the way this schedule is, is, is set up. So let's get into it. The start is a tough one. St. Bonaventure, and I was listening to uh, Mid-Major Madness on Twitter's A-10 space today. They've had all kinds of issues, so they've had to do three of them. One of them had Ryan Odom on it. That was posted in the VCU Good, the Mad, and the Ugly group, and you should be part of that group. We'll get to that later. The one they had today, the first part two of their part three, part A-10 spaces, they had Keith Ergo on from Forum talking about his team. And the third one, they did a preview, and I agree with the host. They had somebody from A-10 talk on as well. The St. Bonaventure will be a contender. I think St. Bonaventure absolutely is part of the conversation for the top four. And let's remember, they went into the Siegel Center and won last year behind David Vanning, 
who that was sort of his big coming out party for the Bonnies. I think David Vading is an all-conference player up front. That's going to be a big question mark is how is VCU going to deal with him in addition to Adams, who, of course, they actually put the stop on and still lost uh, last year to last year to St. Bonaventure. So that's a tough start. GW at home, you'd like to think they'd win that. But if you could have picked a road game to be VCU's first road game of the year, you'd pick George Mason. You would pick George Mason because that has been a very happy running ground for the Rams. As anybody that's followed this program the last decade knows, we've had we've gone up there. Number one, we've gone up there and taken sometimes thousands of fans and and if not taken over the Patriot Center, at the very least, rendered it an almost a neutral site game. So again, maybe in one sense, it's not the best road game to play at the start. That said, VCU's record up there is fantastic. You know, there have been times when I, I certainly, I think everybody remembers the game up there where VCU clinched the A-10 in 2019 when they just blasted George Mason into, into bits and it was just a dominant game. So they get that game and then it's LaSalle on the road. Shout out to Philly crew. Uh, VCU actually usually has a pretty good turnout there as well. So that may not even be as much of a road game as it normally is. Then you get the two home games with two of the, the two furthest teams furthest away from the Seagull Center coming in. And then it gets real interesting. Because that's that's your first quarter, just about all you really your first that's your first third of the season. This middle six games is very interesting because now you're getting the kind of road games you need to have. So well, I hope for VCU is that if they do get punched in the mouth, either at George Mason or at LaSalle, and it'll be the first time they've been punched in the mouth in a true road game, that they'll respond and handle it, but we won't really know. And to be fair, given how VCU fans have turned out both Mason and LaSalle, you may not really get that examination. Well, at the end of January into February, you will get that examination then. Davidson on the road, St. Bonaventure on the road, back-to-back. Two sometimes fairly arduous trips, but not just that, two arenas that have been trouble for VCU. Yes, VCU won, has won down at Davidson a couple of times recently. We all know about their troubles in the Belk Arena historically. St. Bonaventure, the less, the less said about some of our trips up there, the better, especially in recent times. And again, huge to play St. Bonaventure twice, really in the first half of the of the conference schedule because potential tiebreakers could be massive those games. And that's and that's far that start to stretch of out of seven games they're playing five on the road. And that's gonna be that really is gonna be where we're gonna find out how tough and how good and 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 what kind of a team we really have if we don't know already by then. But I think that's when we're really gonna know like if this team starts real out really hot and they play well in Orlando and say they get to the non they they get to the conference schedule with only one or two losses, we're really going to find out if this team is capable of something special when we get to this stretch. So Davidson St. Bonaventure, then the home game with those spiders, and then up to another gym that's usually been a very happy learning ground for VCU at Fordham. Of course, Fordham coming off an incredible season last year for them. One of the best in their program's history for a long time. You know, who knows how tough that's going to be. But you saw last year, 
when they when they had a team that they could get behind and really and really cheer for, Rose Hill Gym was tough. And it's such an interesting sandwich game too, because that's out of the two home games we have in this seven game stretch of mostly road road trips. Four of is sandwiched between what are two very huge games for VCU, two very major rivalries, Richmond, Dayton, Richmond on the one end Saturday. Then Fordham, and then Friday night eight ten, which VCU's got a bunch of those again, depending on who you are. That's good or bad. Friday night eight ten with Dayton, so that Fordham game is a sandwich trap. Get that, get the general Akbar magnets like uh, the hockey guy does. It's a trap. It's a big trap. And then to me, you get a very fascinating end of the season. The end of this stretch is St. Louis and UMass. On the road. Two kind of fairly long trips back to back. That's probably the one part of this schedule I don't like is the fact that you gotta go all the way to St. Louis, Missouri on a Friday and then Friday night eight ten. Both St. Louis games are Friday night eight ten. And then you turn around Tuesday, you have to be in Massachusetts. Again, you know, maybe I'm overestimating it, but I those are two of the longer trips that you're gonna have in this conference for VCU. And they're back-to-back, so don't love that. But look at what VCU gets handed at the end of the season. Four consecutive games in the state of Virginia as we get to the end of February and March. So if the scale, if they're in a situation where it could go either way, they've got tough games potentially, but they've got four games in a row where they're not going to leave the city limits of Richmond. St. Joe's, well, I think are going to be in the top four. There's disagreement with myself and my and, and my fellow group admin, Todd St. Pierre, on that. I think St. Joe's is about to have their best season since the great Phil Martelli was packed off uh, by, by the administration there in spite of St. Joe's' new terrible mascot. That's another story for another time. Then Rhode Island, you'd expect them to win, but again, playing them late in the year, Rhode Island might be a lot more improved under Archie Miller in year two by the time we play him. So, and again, Rhode Island's they're another team that we've had issues with uh, in our Tampa conference. Then, of course, the second game with Richmond at their place. I'd have to tell you, I love, I love playing road games late in the season, and I love playing Richmond there late in the season because Richmond, we don't know what their situation is. They may be struggling this year. But we know it's a good chance it's going to mean something for VCU, which means Richmond's going to load up. They're going to load up because they're going to be like, we could spoil it. We could try to spoil it for VCU. And I would, I just love nothing better than seeing not only Rams fans invade the Robin Center, but Richmond think they're going to do something against VCU and VCU shuts that mess right down. I love that. And that's your, that's your third to last game of the season. Your penultimate game is Duquesne at home. Massive game that is. Again, Duquesne's another team that could be in this top four race. Uh, you know, they scheduled aggressively. I think they believe that if things break their way, they could even be a, you know, title contender, NCAA contender. That loses a huge game. And of course, after what happened at Duquesne last year, you'd think VCU that'd be waving the red cape in front of the bull. And so you get those four games in a row at home which gives VCU huge momentum into the final Friday 8-10 Friday game of the season. And gosh, what a way to end the season at Dayton. Can you imagine 
if there are if there is a conference title on the line in that game, or if there is you know potentially a chance to lock away an at large bid or something of that nature, you know, Dayton is going to be a fascinating team this year because they do have Deron Holmes, so they should be right up there. But the rest of that team has changed, has, has changed a lot, and I think it's going to be very challenging for Anthony Grant to get things right there. That said, they do have a lot of talent. And Anthony Grant's, you know, Anthony Grant's pulled some great seasons out of the bag before. You know, when you think about the COVID season when they were going to get the number one seed, they were kind of a pre they were preseason pick to finish about, I think, fifth or sixth that year. And they ended up being one of the best teams in the country. And who knows if Deron Holmes, you know, finds finds could find that Obi Coppin level of form and be, you know, a national all American candidate. Then who knows? Benny Dayton pulls something out. So it's just it's a it's a fascinating schedule. But again, I I kind of like I kind of think it's a lot of what VCU would have wanted. I wouldn't have wanted to start with two home games, but that's what's happened. And it, and it's just interesting to have that many sets of two back to back, two home, two away, two home, two away. I look back at the last few years, we didn't have four sets in a row like that. Of back to back home, back to back away, back to back home, back to back away. Not in any of the last, not during any time during the Rome era that we had that. There were a few times we had three games in a row at home, although some of those were some of those were in the COVID seasons, so don't count them as much. Uh, but it was funny in 2019 when they had that fantastic season and went 16 and two in conference. They actually had three games at home in a row at home on, on an occasion, which I found interesting. But man, the the blocks of home games, the fact that we're not alternating home and road as much, you know, the fact that we have a couple of long road trips in a week, you know, going to Davidson's not that long, but St. Bonaventure can be, you know, St. Louis and UMass back to back is a potentially difficult travel travel deal, you know, as we get towards the end of February. It's a very very interesting schedule, and of course, you know, we're projecting. Because we have no idea how some good some of these teams are going to be, and we have no idea how their non-conference is going to affect them either. So that's the that's the you know that's that's where it's maybe getting a little ludicrous to do what we're doing here. But again, I I just I do think this sets up generally well for VCU, except for the fact that we're not playing a road game until January 9th, twenty twenty four, and arguably we're not playing a, a real serious road game because again George Mason it's a Tuesday night so I know it might be tough but again VCU usually gets a lot of fans there we got the Philly crew that, that helps make LaSalle kind of kind of a nice arena for us to go to granted if LaSalle shows anything or has in some real improvement and he has any kind of momentum from a good non-conference performance you know, maybe maybe there'll be more LaSalle fans there January 13th, 12.30 p.m. Uh, so that's that's one of those things, too. So, it's I mean, really, it, you could argue that they don't have a serious road game until they play Davidson at the end of January. But it's, a pretty, it's an interesting schedule. It's a schedule that I think is to BCU's maximum benefit. I mean, I really think it's something that we get to the stretch of the season, they get four games in a row in the city of Richmond. Four games in a row in the city of Richmond. I mean, that's 
I mean, it helps certainly to have a conference opponent that's that's your crosstown rival. But I, I'm, I I wonder if any of the Philly teams got that. Now that I think about it, because you know, I, I doubt it. I I would highly doubt it. I'm gonna look now. I'm actually gonna look now real quick just to see. You know, did 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 LaSalle or St. Joe's? You know, get anything like that where they got three games in a row? Where they got four games in a row? Uh, in in the city limits, and and I'm just looking through in here conference wise. No, you know they play when they when when Lasalle plays at St. Joe's. That's between playing VCU and Dayton at home, and then they got to go to George Washington. So that's about as close as they get. They get three in a row in the city limits, and that's you know that's pretty much it there. So I mean that's that's the situation. That that really is. I mean. You just you're not seeing that for anybody else, and and I don't know. I think I'd be squawking a little if I was if I was one of the other teams about that because that's you know four games of four games where you don't have to leave the city limit, and at the end of the season when you know the weight of the weight of the season might be upon you a little bit, and you you've got to try to save your energy and get your energy up because the tur- conference tournament's around the corner, and everybody else is going to be going hither and yon. Towards the end of the season, but VCU will will be sleeping in their beds. You know, let's see here. Let's go back. I'm gonna just go back and look at VCU schedule real quick. They're gonna be sleeping in their beds from you know from from the end of February, basically from February 20th to 21st. You know, when they get back from UMass until they hit the road for Dayton. Which will be, you know, Mar- Mar- that's March 8th. So that's, you know, that you're looking at over two weeks in a row. Over two weeks when they're not going to be traveling at all. No travel whatsoever late in the season. So that, that to me is the fascinating thing is that the a it's not the way I'd want it completely in terms of how the schedule was set up. But surely at the end, you've got to say VCU's been handed a pretty nice situation. Uh, not having not having that much time, uh, not leaving this. And actually, and how about this? St. Joe's has four games in a row at home because when they go to LaSalle, that's between Mason, Dayton, and St. Louis. That's from the end of January, the 31st, all the way to February 10th. So St. Joe's gets handed that. They get four games where they don't have to leave the city limits of Philadelphia. LaSalle does not. VCU does. Um, let me see here. You know what? Let's just check and see if Richmond got anything like that because I doubt it. Uh, I would, I would doubt that very much that Richmond got anything like that because we have when they play, when they play at VCU. That's right after they play Forum. Uh, yeah, no, they don't get that. So interesting. So that I mean VCU handed a big advantage. St. Joseph's is in the middle of the season. Maybe that, maybe if they're out of struggling start the conference play, they'll turn things around. But I think I'd like to be in VCU spot, having that myth, having that little travel towards the end of the season. Then you go to Dayton. Then you have the tournament. Other thing too, Dayton VCU, one of your longer trips. You don't want to be playing in that in that second round game on Wednesday, having had to travel all the way to Dayton, Ohio, Friday. You don't want to be doing that. So finishing top four, so you get that extra day off. Before you take the train up to Brooklyn, if that's what they're going to do or whatever it is, I think that's kind of important too. That's one of those things. It's like you'd like to have 
you want to have that extra day off with it with it with again you know Dayton Ohio it's not a, it's not a short trip because you got to fly and and that could take something out of you you wouldn't want to be playing that Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon after making a trip like that so you really need to get top four of your VCU just to space that out a little bit because you know that that can that can add up over time those those that kind of travel it really can so that is it. For my look at the schedule, I'll be very interested to hear people's comments as we post this out all over the places. First and foremost, if you like what you hear and you want to support this podcast, shoot us a little dinero. There is a description in the pay uh, for the PayPal. There's a link to it in all of the podcast platforms, Podbean especially. You supported us so wonderfully last year, and we appreciate the support you've been giving us this year. VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly Group. Come on and join us, not just for, you know, game threads and different features that we'll run during the season that we'll talk about as we get closer to the season. But, you know, we're we're keeping our eye on everybody tonight. You know, we keep our eye on all our teams at VCU because, you know, we all want to see them do well. That's the first thing. But it's, you know, we always we always are tracking our different teams and who they're playing. You know, this is going, this is being recorded. By the time you hear this, it might be Thursday. VCU's playing the number VCU women's soccer is playing the number two team in the country, Stanford, on September seventh, Thursday. When you're hopefully hearing this, uh, if you hear it by then, and and they've played a pretty tough schedule. They played UVA. Uh, they've just come off of playing the UVA women who are nationally ranked. Uh, so that you know, this is we keep our eye on all those teams, and especially the teams that are doing well in the fall. We do the same thing. You know, we do the same thing in the spring. And of course, we the women's basketball team when they're playing the same time as the men, that kind of thing. So that's something you want to you want to join us for as well. Plus, you know, the game threads and everything else that's part of the of the season of the men's basketball season when it gets started. So, peace, you good, the bad, the ugly. Come on over there, join us. That is all for for this edition of Rams Rewind. Wherever you are, have a good day, night, and we'll talk to you next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.